Hello, welcome to a new episode of Cultivate. And today uh, we have a special treat. We're going to have our former uh, executive minister, uh, Reverend Dr. Marsha Patton, and our current executive minister, uh, Reverend Douglas Avilas Bernal. And we asked them to have a conversation about what makes Evergreen unique concerning the caucus system and the consensus system. We hope you enjoy this conversation and uh, we're looking forward to how you process it. Caucuses are really groups of people um, uh, with ethnic likeness. The ABC USA established caucuses to make sure that certain people were represented on what was then the general board. And when Evergreen was formed, it was those caucuses that the vision committee specifically knew of. Um, there wasn't such a thing as a Euro caucus, still isn't with ABC USA. But we knew that if we were going to have the others, we needed to include uh, Euro caucus. So, Doug, uh, why are caucuses important? I think that, that we live in a diverse culture, but we live in our own silences. And what the caucus system in Evergreen, it does this remarkable thing wherein you still get your just us time, your private time, but at the same time in the system, we have built in bridges that almost force you to connect with the others. And what it does is it really reveals not only the reality that we live in diversity, but also the, the remarkable benefits we could have if we actually walk into that space. So I think that's, that's a key thing about Evergreen. Okay. Uh, Marcia, why did Evergreen choose to use the caucus system? Well, it makes it sound like we did it very deliberately and with great thought. That didn't really happen that way. The vision committee, which was deliberately a diverse group, heard Yosh Nakagawa say at one point that the place he most connected with American Baptist churches was through what was then the Asian American Caucus. And uh, we had gotten to the point where we needed to suggest a structure. We determined a name, we determined a vision statement, we needed to do the, the structure. And I explained that most regions created their structure out of geography, you know, the churches from the north, the churches from the south or east or west or whatever. And they went, mm. and then somebody, and I have no recollection who, said, well, could we try caucuses? Could we organize by caucuses? And, and the, whole, the whole committee picked it up and said, oh, yeah, that might be interesting. And each church would, you know, they, they were thinking of churches because they came from churches. That's how it got started. It was just by a what if. And, and I said, we're Baptists. There's no, nothing that says we can't try it. Could you tell me, like, what, do you, what, are, what are caucuses in Evergreen? Caucuses in Evergreen are spaces where each ethnic cultural group can inhabit and explore life in community in a separate space where we could speak in, the, in our cultural ways that are often uh, 
difficult to translate in other spaces culturally. And then those spaces then give us the ability to have an honest look and a breadth of perspective that then is shared with the greater community. So the caucuses are cultural spaces that are, that are separate but profoundly connected to help us make better choices. Could you tell us what is consensus in everything? This is, this is the way I would explain it. I think Marsha has a better way to do it. But what I would say is consensus in Evergreen is a space where choice making is shifted from how can I win to what is best for the community. And, and that shift is remarkable because the system forces us to think not what do I think or what do I want, but rather we get a look at what I want in the context of the community. Does what I want benefit the community? And if it doesn't, then we have the difficult work of saying, can I still move in without getting in the way? And I think that those two things help us make choices that are more sustainable. And it takes us away from this binary world of winner and losers, which when you lose, uh, it's very easy to sabotage. <laughs> well, the simple, simple definition of consensus, it's its decision-making by agreement. In our book and in Evergreen Bylaws, it's further described that it's not wholehearted agreement. It's not everybody saying yay. It is that everybody is willing to live with the decision. We further uh, describe it in the book by saying, until we get to that point where everybody's willing to live with it, the tasks are to listen respectfully to each other, to share our own opinions, and to listen for what God wants us to do. Another important aspect of consensus is that it is designed so that not only the loud voices are heard, but that everyone is heard in a way that they can express themselves. So we provide different paths for people to express themselves. Some would like to open and speak in public and interrupt and et cetera. Others would rather not say anything and write it down and share it in that way. So, we, so one of the best things about consensus is that it provides ways for everyone to be heard as much as they need to heard, which makes it less efficient more sustainable. And it is a very important part of consensus that every voice be heard. It's, Great. without it, it's not consensus. Yeah. How can consensus serve as a prophetic witness to the world? As, as our founder, part of the beginning, right? <laughs> uh, there was a prophetic voice in the beginning of Evergreen, and I think consensus is a big part of that beginning, right? And so, how did you think Consensus spoke prophetically in the beginning. Well, in the beginning, it was just this experiment. We just, we just knew that majority rule, when you had three caucuses in the beginning, we only had the three, we just thought majority rule isn't going to work because it would be very easy for a couple of caucuses to just steamroll the other caucus, especially with the Euro caucus having as many members as it, active members as it did. Where I really began to see the difference was that not only does every voice get heard, but for consensus to work, it, they're listened to. 
You know, it's not only do I get the chance to speak, but what I speak gets taken into account. When the Euro caucus and the Black caucus are in agreement, but the Asian caucus says, we're not ready to say yes for whatever reason, that those other two larger groups have to pause and say, okay, they're asking questions we didn't think of asking. Mm. Or on, on one occasion, the Black Caucus said, well, we had those questions, but we just thought we'd go ahead and get along. I mean, that's where you, you, you talk about um, in the caucus system, you know, of, you know, yes, there's the silos of the caucuses, but there is this coming together. Mm. In the caucus decision-making, we've got to listen to each other. And when we don't listen to each other, then it's not good, but we haven't had anything along that lines that I can think of. But we have had those moments when one caucus, a smaller caucus, has said, we're, we're just not ready to say yes. And it forces everybody to, to do the work better. Mm, yeah. You, what, I, what I like about what you said is because to me, right, it's exactly that. The, the, for me, the reason uh, diversity stuff in the, in the corporate world hasn't worked is, is because it doesn't come with power for the, for the lower sides, right? right? Whereas I think one of the prophetic aspects of, of our system, the consensus model, is that not only do you have the right to speak, you have the power to exercise that. And so it eliminates this idea that we just need a few, you know, non-white people in the table so it looks like we did it. Rather, in, our, in Evergreen, everyone who's there has the power to end any of what's happening. And, and I think the, the best part about consensus is the work that we do in community in between. Right? Right. Because without communal care, it would not work. Right. But but what a prophetic voice to say to the world now, you know, because now you you have to pick a side. Whereas what we say is you have a side and we appreciate that you have a side and we need to hear from your side. But what's important is all together where that goes. Yeah. yeah. And that's a powerful prophetic, yeah. prophetic voice for it. Well, and I feel like if the church could learn to do this, I mean, how, how often have we sat in church meetings where they just, they're not even listening to each other, mm -hmm. let alone trying to find together what God wants them to do, right? We, God is left out of the process. When we started, I mean, we said consensus at the beginning and caucuses at the beginning. We weren't necessarily seeing how those two worked together. Okay, after the first couple of meetings and Yosh and Kurt, you know, coaching us, we said, oh, we use the caucuses as a way to get to that consensus. Because trying to hear two Asian voices in and amongst, I'm thinking of a board meeting, right? In and amongst a dozen white folks and six black folks, the Asian voices aren't heard, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but if we get into caucuses and, and those three groups come back, each having a voice from their group, right? Then you begin to see God in the process, right? You go, oh, okay, the, you know, the, the various groups come, come back with different 
sometimes all three with a different perspective, right? And we can hear those perspectives in ways you just can't hear an individual voice of any group, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. But, but when the group, in this case our caucuses, it, it really emphasizes how affinity groups can help any group coming to, together for caucuses so that the, the different voice can be heard better than if you... I mean, I once was part of an ABC thing where they wanted to make sure that everybody was represented and they divided us up into groups of eight. So I was in a group of four men and four women, four white men, two white women, and two black women. The black women, I know there were times when they were saying something and the other six of us could not be heard. There were times when the four women were saying something and the four men could not hear us. Whereas if we had been in separate groups, you would have heard the voice. And, and in fact, during the, you know, during the process, at one point, you know, a, a black woman at another table who had a lot more experience of speaking out into the ABC, you know, said so, said, you know, you haven't even sung one song with a, you know, <laughs> gospel tone to it. Let's, you know, our voice isn't being heard. That and and also saying, well, because one caucus isn't the same size as the other caucus, we'll put a bunch of white folks in with that other caucus to make them the same size. It size isn't, you know, the the size of the voice isn't important, you know. Again, at an annual meeting, you know, the Euro caucus reports out for more people than any other caucus, but it's that voice. That's, that's I think, that another aspect that's remarkable to me, that's very prophetic, is precisely that, that generally we are taught that in order for unity to exist, there has to be homogeneity, right? Yes. You have to be like and like yeah. in order for you to go to one place. What I like about the prophetic voice of Evergreen is that says, not only, we appreciate that you're here not because of the things we have in common, which are included, but in addition to that, the richness that the fact that you're different brings to us, yeah. right? Because it gives us a perspective that we couldn't otherwise see. But what I like about that is that in other spaces, difference is seen as a hurdle you have to get through in order to get things done. Whereas for us, difference has become the enriching aspect of our choice making that allows us to make a deeper, broader choice that benefits more people and it's more kingdom-like I think. Well you I, I feel like you can really see God at work sometimes and and you ask how did we end up with caucuses it was one of those instances when God God worked with us I mean I because nobody had a plan when we went into the vision committee oh we're going to try this caucus stuff it was one of those God moments for me, you know, let's, yeah. let's use that. Why not? Well, I think, I think it's an example of, of what a, a solid prophetic foundation allows to be built on it, right? Yes. Yeah. We had this solid foundation that said, let's listen to everybody. What I love is that, you know, we're living in this postmodern world, which, you know, we misunderstand oftentimes as saying postmodernism is not that every opinion is equal, right? Postmodernism says every opinion needs to be heard, 
but that doesn't make those opinions equal, right? And the consensus model allows us to say to each other, no, that's not good. These are the reasons why. And the care that's built in then frees us from having to be worried that, well, if we say this, then the white people are not going to give money. Or if we say this, then, then we're going to be called racist. And if we say that, we're, gonna, you know, it, we're free from that because of the community that this system right. built. And I think it's, if there's anything that's prophetic, is that. Thanks for listening to our conversations today. We hope that uh, this was an engaging conversation for you. And if you want to follow up or engage further, we'd love to hear from you, whether it be leaving a comment on the, on the social media channels or checking in with our website or even contacting the office and wanting to set up deeper conversations about this. We always appreciate all the ways that you support Evergreen and uh, stay tuned and subscribe for future episodes because there's a lot more on the way.